A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. We tried for Bradley Walsh and Paddy McGuinness, but someone got there first. Instead, we've got two cheeky chappies from the Daily Mirror, David Walker and Darren Lewis. Now, chaps, let's start with Marcus Rashford. No laughing matter what's happened to him. Surely he should be in the Ford squad and not the under-21s. Yeah, the first thing that Sam Allardyce is going to learn as England manager is the scrutiny every selection he makes, be it for the squad, as we're looking this week, and by Sunday's team, he's going to be under intense scrutiny to the point that we know, history tells us, an awful lot of managers can't handle it. I feel sorry for Rashford in that you've got the body of work he delivered at the Euros and the promise of last season, and then how he started this season, where he appears confident and goal-scoring, etc., and then you've got other players who disappointed at the Euros and maybe haven't been in the best of form and made it easy for Sam Allardyce to bin them. I think in Rashford's case, he's been dealt a tough, harsh card. He should be in the squad. In, in a way, he's almost a, a victim of managerial ego, Darren? Well, you see, I slightly, ever so slightly disagree with the two of you. Initially, I did agree. And initially, I did think he needed to be in the senior squad because he's done all that's been asked of him. But then I started to think, well, perhaps he may be an example of the English mentality where if someone does something well and he, he bursts onto the scene, stick him in instead of getting him to continue learning his trade. I have no real problem with the idea that he could be in the senior squad. But I just wonder if the if it's necessarily negative for him to get game time. We've got decent strikers at the moment. We've got Kane, we've got Vardy, uh, Rooney. We don't really know what Sam's doing with Sturridge, him. Because he was do we there. really know about him at Sturridge, the moment? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I think as far as Rashid is, is concerned, he's doing well. But we've done it in the past. Someone does something well for five minutes and then we kind of bang for the spotlight and the scrutiny and the... and. and and for him to be thrust into centre stage. And I just wonder with Rashford whether we could be better served guiding him along, nurturing him, developing him. He's got that goal. He scored, you know, came on, mm. coped with the pressure. And it has to be said, you're absolutely right. He has coped magnificently with A, receiving his chance and B, taking it. Mm. He's given us all a lot of excitement about his potential. He sends the, that kind of frisson of electricity through fans when he gets the ball and he runs at defenders. Should we develop that or should we thrust that straight well, why, away? Why can't into that be developed, spotlight? Darren, being with the senior squad, given what he's shown? Is there not a danger that boy feels demoted, demoralised because 
what's he done wrong from being called up to the England team? I don't, I don't know uh, if it's foot, something... Football is a status-driven profession. Yes. And, you know, amongst his peers, Rashford has got the opportunity to actually stand out as, you know, the sort of totemic figure, the, you know, the kid who's really going to make it. Surely we're, we're, we're losing the chance to actually get someone who's a symbol of a successful system. I, I take that point, but I would add to it that we at the moment, as a team, as a nation, we're a shambles as a footballing nation. We, we were bundled out of our last major tournament by a, a country with supposedly fewer resources to what we have. We have to establish, A, a clearly defined way of playing. We have to get the best out of strikers, one of whom was a footballer of the year and the other was a golden boot winner last season. We have to get the basics right before we start looking at making players that kind of figure that could take us to the next level. There is time for Rashford. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for him not to get that time now. Is there time for Wayne Rooney or how much time is there for Wayne Rooney? OK, he's got the captaincy, which is usually a bit of a red herring. Mm. 31 nearly. Is he coming towards the end of his natural footballing life at the highest level? Well, I'm intrigued by something here, Mike, in that both Jose Mourinho and Sam Allardyce has clarified that Rooney shouldn't have been listed as a midfielder, as Louis van Gaal was doing last season and Roy Hodgson used in it, that they see Rooney as a selection, as a striker. So we know he doesn't need to be saying the number nine, it could be as a number ten. Sounds like it's going to be a ten. As a ten, absolutely, but that's what he is. Where I think Sam's missed a trick... We are, and again, the media probably drives some of this, we are possessed by this need to have to know who is the captain, as if that then makes Rooney a shoo-in. I would now be tempted in the state, and part of this is down to Rooney's status or potential lack of status, to do the captain game by game as we go along. So if Rooney's playing at the weekend, Wayne Rooney can be captain. But if you get to the point, you shouldn't box yourself in because you've created another problem you've got to deal with, which is how do I drop the captain? So at the moment where we've started, I think Rooney, and again on the back, the Iceland game was a nightmare for all, including Rooney. On the back of the Euros, I can understand why Rooney's still around. But he's not got a long-term future in there as a striker. And I think... I don't say strip him of the captaincy, but let's make it that the armband could be handed round and that then puts a bit more incentive on Rooney to deliver on a match-by-match -match basis, which I think is the right way to go. Mm. What about the broader issue, Darren, of Rooney almost being a human roadblock? <laughs> because, you know, Sam said that he's going to play him at 10 mm. and he has already identified as Deli Alley will he be his backup number 10. Mm. Now... Deli Ali had an absolutely dynamic influence last season. Mm. Why isn't he trusted this season? I think it's a really good question and I think it's one that Sam Allardyce is going to have to answer. What it looks at the moment is though he is picking functional teams. He wants teams, he wants defensive solidity. He wants uh, that protection for his back four, so he's got drink water and dire. And then obviously he wants people to supply the ammunition for his strikers. He's taken the creativity, the fantasy out of the team. No Barkley, as you say, Deli Ali apparently won't be in the team as well. He looks as though he's going to get more out of Wayne Rooney. That's what he will look to do. And I think it's a really relevant question because Ali has done so well for Spurs last season. In a number of positions. Absolutely. So there surely must be a way of integrating him into any team that look that wants to do well for England. 
Same for Barkley. I don't agree with the idea that because he had a bad season last time around, or sporadic season, shall we say, you shouldn't look to get him into the first team, build up his confidence, and have a side within which you can make the most of Barkley's talents. He scored two goals in four games uh, for Everton so far this season. He's playing in the form of his life. Get him in there. I think as far as Sam is concerned, what he wants to do, what he does not want to do, uh, is start off negatively he wants to get the win he wants to make sure of getting the win and then I think he wants to drop the fantasy into the team after that but how does he do it you say about Wayne really being a human roadblock I agree with that because he's such a huge figure within the team the day that he's taken out of the team will be a big day indeed I mean that the Barkley points are good in that if you looked at the England midfielders so far Barkley will be ahead of Deli Alley on club form on club what we've mm. seen so far now I've got to say <laughs> If I was an Everton fan, I'd be sitting there thinking, this could work in our favour here. Well, it will. Ronald Koeman would oh, be delighted. Absolutely, because he's not going to be going out on all the international trips at the moment. He can work, he can keep him fit there. He's obviously keeping an eye on him. Now, unless Sam has got, there, is, there are issues that we're not aware of why he doesn't want him in an England squad, which I'm having to say, if Sam knows something we don't know, fine. That could be why he doesn't pick him. But on the player's form, if you were looking around the England squad now, Ross Barkley had to be in that squad. He clearly is responding to the guidance and the organisation that Koeman's mm. brought to that Everton team. Mm. They're a much tougher team to beat. They're much stronger at the back and they're improving as a collective. They are getting better and he's part of that. Mm, so I, I, I really think Everton might be one of those teams this season that are going to surprise me. And he, he's a critical part of it. Can I just add to that? Sam himself has a little bit of a problem. A lot of disillusionment among fans after what happened with Iceland. The international break has come at a time where we're really just getting our feet under, under the table. I'm not the feeling any love for the international absolutely, break at all. Absolutely. Sam needs to excite us. He needs to thrill us. You know, Is he going to do that without players who like to pick up the ball and run at defences? Is he likely to do that with a functional side that may well grind out the win and it will look good from his point of view because he'll have kicked off with three points? I'm not so sure and I'm not sure that this is going to be a match that's really going to get us all thinking I can't wait for the next one. And can I just say one other thing which is I think you're creating this especially with the new manager. He has made a statement there that he doesn't fancy a particular player. You know, in this case we're talking Barkley but there are others who've been left out and they then have to develop. They're not there for the chat this week and we're all mates and, you know, Bradley Walsh is here and he's going to tell some jokes. What is all that about, by the well, way? Well, it's been done before, hasn't it? Don Reavy back in the 70s was trying to get a spirit and having entertainment and games and etc. So Kevin Keegan had a card school. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but that might have done more harm than good. <laughs> That's right. right. A so few wives well, on the phone. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're happy not to be there for Paddy McGuinness and Bradley. I don't know. But the fact is a serious one. The manager's basically stated he doesn't fancy you as a player. He's left you out. And there is a pride issue and there is a thing of... So when it comes to October, November or into the new year and I'm a couple of crafts and I want to go, do you know what, I might just stay at Everton. I might stick around, I might have a bit of an ankle. There. You can create a load of problems that could come back to haunt him. Mm. And with the England team, you know, there's a lot of talk about you know, the honeymoon. And let's face it, every England manager has a honeymoon. I get a sense that Sam's won't be that long. I don't think it will, because I think a lot of people aren't convinced by the way he plays his football, even though, as he says in his book, that's quite unfair, because uh, at a big club, a long ball is a long pass. At, when he does it, uh, he is... Con 
accused of being prehistoric and, and functional. So there are a lot of people within our industry, let's not kid ourselves, who aren't convinced by the idea that he plays a type of football to excite a nation and to maybe compare with the likes of your Antonio Contes and, 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 and the top managers within Europe who have won things. So he's got it all to prove. That's why this first couple of squads are so big and that's why the players that he's left out are so significant because we want those players on the ball, threading passes through to the strikers, giving us that creativity. Instead, he's got worker bees. He's got guys who are going to roll their sleeves up, win the ball, knock it long. And, and in many people's eyes, that's not the kind of international yeah. and, and I think the other thing see. is, Mark, and you, you're spot on there, but the other side is qualifying isn't enough now. Yes. We're used to, we England teams qualify for tournaments, whatever the group is. And yeah, there's been a couple of disastrous times. The famous Wally with a brolly, Steve McLaren in the Croatia game stands out as one. Sam surely can't head down that route of not qualifying when you look at the group. But as a nation and football lovers, everybody's gone, well, hang on. Even Roy Hodgson stormed through that. We go to the finals and look what we got. The, the payback for having this optimistic view of, oh, we can go and win anywhere mm. now, this mm. is a great England team. Mm. We were found out. So we respects to Sam and the new managers come in. Getting from A to B in qualifying isn't the problem. No. And he may actually feel a bit resentful that people aren't heaping more praise on him for getting us there, because I'm sure we will get there. Mm. But that's when the acid test comes in, the really sophisticated, different challenge comes of what is it in tournaments that affects England and undermines the whole thing, and we end up coming back in a sense of disgrace. Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. What about, you know, if you look at Raheem Sterling, you made a point earlier on, Darren, that sometime in the media, and it's one I'd accept, mm. we're too hard on young players. Now, I thought, especially with Raheem Sterling, he was scapegoated really badly after the Euros. Mm. And, and you know, on tangential things like the bathroom he you know, paid for for his mum and things like that, which... I think is completely out of order and, and actually utterly irrelevant when we're judging him as a footballer. Sterling, he has shown great character in coming back under, under Pep Guardiola, hasn't well, he? Well, there's talk that Guardiola sent him a text message during the Euros where he said, look, I believe in you and if you fight for me, I'll fight for you. If you work hard for me, I'll work hard for you. Um, and Sterling has obviously responded to that private dialogue that he has had mm. with Guardiola and responded by, well, I think it's three assists in, his, in, in two games. He's scored goals as well. And that's quite significant, his ability to add goals right. to his game Darren, he, as well. Darren, he, he would have been, and I've got to say, and Joe Hart has been spared it, but if Joe Hart had been playing as well and making mistakes, I think Joe Hart and Raheem Sterling probably epitomised things that went wrong. In, in the general supporters' eyes, and if again, this wouldn't have been Manchester City fans, but I think to the rest of the nation... If you'd seen them playing in your team, in your town, and Sterling saying, miscontrol the ball on Mr Citroger, I think the pearlers they would have got everywhere, because I think that was the mood of the nation, and they would have been scapegoated for that big time. Big I, think, time. I, th I think as far as Sterling is concerned, however, he's so young, and he does still have that potential, and we saw what he did at Liverpool in that triumvirate of Suarez, Sturridge and mm. Sterling. We know that there is some talent. real talent there. There is a, a player there. And Guardiola knows that too. Um, and I think he wants him to fulfil that potential over the next few years. And I think he'll do that because we're already seeing the signs, A, that his confidence is back and B, that he can add that cutting edge to his game. And it's 
not really now for Sam Allardyce to be able to harness that within the England team. He has, as we've said, taken the fantasy out with Ali and Barkley. Can he use that? What, what Sterling has to offer. And I remember in the World Cup, he played 10 against Italy and it was fantastic. But in the subsequent game, Rooney was put in there because there was this big clamour for Rooney to play there. For me, I think Sterling in the 10 could be very, very interesting indeed. Mm. A bit crowded there now, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Pep Guardiola, OK, we're only three games in, but the usual suspects have got maximum points, you know, United, mm. City and Chelsea. What is your initial impression of, of Guardiola? Very positive, you can see what he's done. I've got to say, the one that has, say, astonished is too strong. Pleasantly surprised me is how well John Stones has settled in for him with the fee on his head, with the fact he came out of a Roberto Martinez team, you know, with the issues they had. The fact he wasn't an Everton regular, be it at centre-back or right-back, ended up on the bench. I think what you've seen at Manchester City, where he was put in the team after two or three days training, in he went, and the boys responded... I think there is a degree of work in progress and clearly um, the issue will be and will, some of it could be resolved with the transfer window closing. They have got people that they want to get out the door because I do think having too many star players and when you're looking at a squad of 30, the potential for poison around the bit mm. and people who aren't getting picked. And as we know, it's on September 1st, Guardiola's got to name his squad for both the Premier League campaign and the Champions League campaign with a restriction on how many foreigners can be in there. So two out of three big names, if they're not left with the window, are not going to get games in the, uh, in the Premier League or Champions League. And I think that's when there is the danger for the mm. internal combustion thing to kick in. But I think overall, Mike, so far so good and you've got to be impressed that the players are buying into what he's teaching them. Mm. Um, you know, We've said it before that big managers make big decisions, Darren. And obviously, he's, he's pushed Joe Hart out of the club. He's having his medical at Torino. What about that as a career move? OK, it's a season loan, different environment, you know, historic club, but uh, the second club in Turin. Yeah, the second club in Turin um, finished mid-table last season. I think as far as Hart is concerned, I wonder if he's going there because he's almost away from a spot like the Premier League the scrutiny of the Premier League. Um, OK, listen, we are in a, a global media world at the moment, so it's not going to be difficult for us to get the footage if he slips up at Torino and he doesn't pull yeah, up any trees. We'll, we'll be sending people over there anyway, won't we? Indeed, indeed. Um, that said, um, I think it would be very different there than it would be if he were to go to a Sunderland, mm. if he were to go to an Everton. Um, I remember being on here a, a couple of weeks ago saying Everton was never a runner because I think as far as Stecklenberg is concerned, Koeman has total faith in him, one of the first players he brought to the club. Um, and he, he, he was never interested and he's since confirmed that. So Torino, it's quite striking actually. And I know in our paper, the Daily Mirror, we made the point how the mighty have fallen. It's quite striking how Hart for so long had been hailed as, as such an outstanding goalkeeper, and yet no real clubs were beating yeah. down City's door to take him. There, there was a, there's a view. There is a view. I don't know. I found this during the Euros that on the continent that we have this take. Joe's England's number one. Joe's one of the world's, and they didn't see it. Loads of the continental coaches yes. just didn't buy into that. I mean, weirdly, I think Joe might have done Guardiola and Manchester City a favour here because. I think there is a view inside Manchester, Manchester City, certainly over the weekend, which was, could Joe decide to sit tight 
even as number three if there wasn't a move that appealed to him and just wait to see what happens. Now, they've signed Claudio Bravo. If he wasn't as good as maybe something, and he's not seen as one of the world's great goalies, there is a clamour on Manchester City fans who feel that Joe's been harshly treated in the way he's just been dispatched and unrated and mm. put behind Willy Caballero mm. to start this season. OK, if Manuel Neuer or somebody like that had come in, you could see it. Mm. But you could see Joe could have sat in the stand watching things unfurl and there will, could have been a clamour, we want Joe back in the team. Now, this has taken that away for the moment, anyway. Well, and you're right, because there was that incident in the game uh, where Caballero was injured and it, the camera immediately panned to Joe Hart on the Chuck bench, laugh, laughing yeah. his head off. Yeah. yeah. So, And at City, it, it's obviously by the nature of the football club and the money that's available to them, the problems of having the bomb squad, i.e. the players who are nowhere near the first team, that's at every football club. Yes. But... At City, you know, the likelihood is someone like Yaya Toure, who's on more than £11 million a year, is going to be sitting around doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's got to be bad for morale. It is bad for morale, but I think in the real world there are lots of people who would say that they would do exactly the same thing. If a, mere, if a move that doesn't appeal to him... Let's be honest, we'd all sit around for £11 million quid a year, wouldn't we? Well, you do well, already, it, didn't it, you? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, it, it looks, I mean, from the signs coming out of City and Guardiola was quoted at quoted about Yaya over the weekend. Yaya is going to be in, in the squads of players for selection. Yaya has actually said to him, I don't want to go anywhere, I'm not itching for this. And according to Guardiola, he's trained like a beast, he's been fantastic, he's doing all the way, he's lost weight, so to a degree he's bought into it. But they can't all be accommodated like that. So if we just say, OK, Yaya, you're OK. Fully enough, Nasri, who was one who was being seen as being on the fringes, he got on at the weekend and was involved in the everything. Oh, does this mean he could stay? But these others, the Mangalas of this world, are definitely out there. Mm. And if he doesn't get a move, which he could do, he will be just, outside just the centre. Just to make point, I think and Sevilla have come in for, for Nasri. Um, I think he'll go, but I, I, I agree with you. I think there, are, there is a... This transfer window, uh, as, and I'm going to talk more about that in a bit, but just in general terms, three things we've learned from the last three months. D tough decisions have been taken about key players at clubs. Juan Mata, mm. who many people thought would be going out, he's stayed and he's managed to knuckle down, but Bastian Schweinsteiger, out, ruthless. Mm. Joe Hart, out, ruthless. It's a, 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 almost a signature, really, of the top managers who are so not afraid to make So what about then Sturridge at Liverpool? I think that's another one. Klopp is making a statement with him. I think... Every, oh, listen, last week he gave the interview to our, uh, mm. to our paper. We ran it in the Daily Mirror. Um, all about, I don't want to play out wide. He didn't want to do it at Chelsea, which is why he didn't sign a contract there. He didn't want to do it at City, which is why he left. I want to play as a centre forward. He's a very single-minded, articulate footballer. Whatever people may say about his attitude and his surly, whatever, he doesn't want to play out wide. He makes that point. Klopp said, no problem. No problem whatsoever. At the weekend, bench. Comes on very late indeed. Lots of people interpreting lots from his expression when he didn't come on until the final two minutes, Michael. But I think as far as he is concerned, he knows what he can do if he is fit on a regular basis. I think he'll go elsewhere. Two words that managers hate when they're uttered by players. Don't, won't. True. And I, I think the answer came back as, I won't let you, Daniel, pick my team. Mm -hmm. Klopp picks the team. And Klopp will use him as he sees fit. I've got to say, I think Liverpool, looking at their 
attacking resources will not be keen to sell him so close to the transfer window, mm. you know, in terms of, oh, mm. let's just do it. I don't think that... But, but something's got to give, though, hasn't it? Because yeah, yeah, I think yeah. as far as he's concerned, he's very single-minded. Yeah. He knows he's got a record of 1 in 2 and 2.5, I think it is. Yeah. He is a quality striker if he can remain fit. The onus is on him yeah. to, to, to maintain his fitness. But Klopp's got... They will butt heads because... Klopp won't have, as you say, no. anyone question. No, no decent manager will have anyone questioning him publicly. But as far as Sturridge is concerned, he wants to play. He needs to play. Yeah. Otherwise, that competition for England, Kane, Vardy, Vardy's off the mark. Kane always starts slowly, but he'll pick it up again. And you've got Rashford, who we've talked about already. Sturridge needs to start. He doesn't need to be coming on late in games or as an impact sub. It is a big, big couple of days for him because if he's at Liverpool, he's banging trouble. And what about Jack Wilshire, another one who desperately needs to play? Absolutely. 37 minutes so far yeah. this season. He's going to go out on loan. Would you go to Europe? Yes. If he could get, and there are things they'd have to agree in terms of if it's a Champions League club and the I'm potential talking of Juventus. Juventus. Yeah. Well, if he could get to Juventus and be playing at that level with the medical knowledge and the fitness knowledge they've got at a club like that, I think that would be a great move for Jack, especially if they are saying to him two things. One, Jack, do we really believe you're fit? And that would show in a medical. And two, we are looking to get you on the fit pitch because there is a view from within the Jack Wilshire camp that he was getting frustrated last season that he wanted to play more minutes and was actually aware that maybe he didn't deserve to go to the Euros on the basis of his Arsenal work and was hoping he'd get more time on the pitch. It's not happening for him there. I think it makes sense. Jack's got a load of ability. He is a talented player, but it's just we're left with, well, he's talented and it's potential. And how long ago is it since he had a run of games? You know, And that is the inhibiting thing. Can I just flag one other yeah. thing up? Because yeah. it's just suddenly came to me. Do you know why Sam will have Bradley Walsh and Paddy McGuinness there this week? No. Well, you think it's going to be to entertain them, but you forget Pat, uh, that Big Sam managed them when they were playing in football aid. So Bradley Walsh and Paddy McGuinness are the secret weapons <laughs> to play for England in the campaign. You watch. Right. I think they're nearly players, a bit like Jack Wilshire, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> uh, well, you know, Jack Wilshire, interesting the outlet that Juventus gives him. Because Max Allegri, even though he's sold poor Pogba, he's really ca he, ca he's, he has recalibrated very well. Uh, they've won the league, they plundered the league every season, but it's in the Champions League where they haven't done so well, and that's what they were a big target for them. But he still does have fantastic options. He was looking at Isco, and he was looking at Oscar. This is almost a bonus for him. Yeah. But I think, as far as Wilshire is concerned, if he can go there and slot into what is a successful team, uh, a team that has quality players all around him. If he can raise his confidence level and supply the ammunition for some top players ahead of him, then why not? You know, I think they've signed Higuain this season. Mm -hmm. They've got Dybala there already. Sammy Kadira's fit and playing again. You know? I yeah. think for Jack Wilshire, it's a no-brainer. And what it will enable him to do is perhaps just, you know, because obviously Xhaka looks a fantastic player already. I was up at Watford against Arsenal last weekend and he did superbly well, Xhaka. And you can already see where their money's yeah. gone on the £30 million. Uh, Ramsey had a great Euros. El Nenny looks a good player, obviously. Um, so as far as Wilshire is concerned, I think he does need to go to, to Juventus and he may well, as a result of going there, force his way back in at Arsenal and for England as well. Mm, what about Arsenal? I know we can't have it both ways. We can't criticise Wenger for not buying anyone and then when he spends 50 million on two players which it looks like he is doing mm. we say well you're just you're panic buying no 
There is a simple logic to this, Mike. If you look at last season's league table, who finished second? Arsenal. If they were to add to what they had and they have got to put some more players into their talent pool, they should be being seen as potential champions. Outside one or two members of the media, I don't know any Arsenal fans who are going, we're going to win the league. Mm. There is this feeling of, yeah, we'll slot back into being a top four team. But that really is the expectation we should have if we think that Leicester can't retain it. Arsenal should be looking as the heirs apparent to it. Mm. And I think that's a problem for them. What's going on at Tottenham? You know, we've got Daniel Levy. He's like sort of a, a vampire coming out late at night, isn't he? When, you know, the last couple of days of the transfer window, he's making silly bids for people. Uh, yeah, he probably wakes up. What about up Zaha? Like... £12 million? Pounds? Well, Steve Parrish came out uh, and gave an interview to National Radio where he basically blew that one to pieces and said that, well, he accused Spurs of doing two things, undervaluing the player and unsettling the player. And the problem for Palace is that Zaha wants to go. So they have an unhappy player at the moment. Right. He's made it clear to Alan Pardew um, and he's made it clear to the Palace hierarchy he wants to go. I was at Spurs last week. Uh, I spoke to a couple of people and the understanding is, yes, Pochettino, despite what people may say about Zaha, Pochettino sees him as fitting the profile of the player that he wants to sign. Young, English, under 24 and with the ability to supply ammunition for his strikers. Still very quick, but his final ball perhaps needs some work. Pochettino believes he can work on that. As for what's happening with Spurs, it's very similar to last, the end of last year's transfer window when they went in hard for Sado Berahino mm -hmm. and they got caught in that row with West Brom over him. Mm -hmm. Same sort of thing happening here with Palace because... They sold, Palace sold Yannick Benassi for £28 million. That's the kind of figure that you're talking about. Whether we agree with it, and uh -huh. let's, no, let's not kid ourselves, and anyone listening, we don't think Benassi is a £28, £30 pound player. But that's what Palace that's would look market. at it for him. Yeah. That's the market. I think as far as uh, Spurs are concerned, because of the restrictions on their spending, they've got the new stadium and everything else, they are not looking at players over £20 million. So Wijnaldum, they were interested in but wouldn't sign because he would have cost £25 million and they didn't value him as such. Has the That's money run out at Spurs? I don't think it's necessarily run out, but I think that Pochettino accepts that he has to shop in a different pool. Because of the stadium? Else. Because of the stadium, because of... And, and listen, I've been at several press conferences where he's been very open about that fact, that A, he doesn't want to overspend, and B, there is a certain profile of player that he's looking at, and uh, Zaha does fit that profile. Lots of Spurs fans very unimpressed, not enamoured in one way, in, in any way, shape or form, at the prospect of Zaha coming. But Pochettino does like him and he does mm. feel that maybe he is the kind of player that um, can improve his side. Wrapping things up, David, you know, it's going to be chaos what we sit here 36 hours before the window closes. It's going to be chaos, isn't it, mm. over the next day and a half. Who do you think at the end of it will have done the best business in this transfer window? You mean over the next 48 hours or where we've Overall. been? Overall. The way it's looking, I think probably Jose Mourinho and Manchester United have spent massive money paying uh, Ibrahimovic massive wages, who's coming a free transfer. But if you look at the immediate impact they have made, they look as if they've bedded in and, and there are some, this real quality there, a real presence and a real winning entity. Guardiola's not done badly so far, but I'm just thinking, let's just see how that develops. 
Now, he's, he's got a few things he's still got to work on, including getting some people out. But for me, do your business early, get these transfers sorted out, get them in your team, and looking at Mourinho, it looks good. I would agree with that. I think uh, Mourinho's done very similar to what he did when he won the title at Chelsea second time around. Signed players very, very early indeed. Managed to get a pre-season under their belts. Um, he started the season very well. He can offload players. City do have... City have bought well. They do still have players to offload, but they bought very well. Good young players at City. Gundogan and Sané haven't even played yet, and you would imagine they will now slot into a team that's got their confidence up and is far more disciplined and fitter. I think as far as those two, those two clubs are concerned, they've bought superbly. I agree with the chat. Money is irrelevant. Identify your targets, get them, job done. Thanks for joining us on the Football Writers Podcast.